This is Positively Farming Media. This month, we're talking a lot about seed starting, and we can't talk about starting seeds without talking about heat and light. Seeds sprout more quickly and efficiently when they've got the correct soil temperatures, and the easiest way to do this is with a seedling heat mat. It's not a requirement, though, so we'll also talk about some ways that you can up the ante on the soil temperatures during seed starting without a heat mat. Once those seeds do sprout and you're nurturing those little seedlings, the correct light can make all the difference. And usually even the sunniest window in your house just isn't going to cut it. That means we need to do a little investing in some lights to help our seedlings along. Today on Just Grow Something, we'll explore soil heating options and various types of grow lights, including the most economical and even tabletop solutions. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening in a small corner of my suburban backyard, and now 18 years later, I've got a degree in horticulture and operate a 40-acre market farm. I believe there is power in food and that everyone should know how to grow at least a little bit of their own. On this podcast, I share evidence-based techniques to help you plant, grow, harvest, and store all your family's favorites. Consider me your friend in the garden. So grab your garden journal and a cup of coffee and get ready to just grow something. I am super happy to announce that the merch shop over on JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com has finally reopened. If you're looking for a great way to support the show while also sporting some cool garden-related clothing, mugs, and more, that's the place to do it. I'm adding more designs every few weeks, and I just know there is something over there that will fit right into your gardening personality. Head to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com slash shop to check out all the options and support the podcast with specially designed merch from the show. JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com slash shop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am going to make this a fairly quick episode because if you can't hear it, I am in the throes of a major head cold and I can't breathe. (laughs) So my throat is also giving me problems. So we are going to run through this fairly quickly. Don't forget to answer the February question of the month. What is your most successful crop and why? This could be a specific variety of something that outproduces all the others, the plant that you love the most, or the crop that grows fantastically well for you without fail every single year. Whatever you consider your most successful crop in whatever way you consider it successful. Nobody has given me their answer yet, and we've only got a week or so left. So send me an email, post it in the Facebook group, or send me a DM on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. You have until February 29th to get me your answer. When I first started with indoor seed starting, I put my seed trays in a sunny window in our master bedroom where I thought they'd get the most warmth and the best light. 
The germination time was definitely much longer than what was typical, according to the seed packets. And then I had the nightmare of trying to rotate my seedlings daily as they leaned toward the light coming in from the window, and they still got super long and leggy. What did survive to go out into the garden just didn't do very well, and I knew I had to figure out a better way to start my seeds. The next year, I invested in a seedling heat mat, spending about $40 for one that would fit four full trays of seeds. It was a big investment back then for us, but I still use that same heat mat over 15 years later, so it was well worth it. I have four more smaller mats now, too. They're just that effective. The other thing I did was hang lights underneath the shelves of a metal shelving unit so I could get my seedlings closer to the light. We'll talk about the lights shortly, but let's dig into the seed mats first. The ideal soil temperatures for most vegetable seeds to sprout ranges from 60 degrees Fahrenheit up to as high as 95 degrees Fahrenheit, a range of 15 and a half to 35 Celsius. For all but the most temperamental of seeds, 70 Fahrenheit or 21 Celsius seems to be the happy mid-range where most seeds will germinate readily. Okra and squash are the exception to this, preferring temperatures of around 85 Fahrenheit or 29.4 Celsius. This doesn't mean these seeds won't germinate at other than ideal temperature, but germination is much more efficient under closer to ideal conditions. Not only do heat mats provide initial warmth to the growing medium, allowing the seeds to sprout faster than at room temperature, but heat mats also allow us to maintain a consistent soil temperature. This helps us get more uniform germination across all our seedlings, which leads to more consistent seedling growth. This also means the seedling is expending less of its energy pushing out of its seed coat and through the soil and can save that energy for its first few days of growth once germinated. Warm soil temperatures provided by a heat mat also promote more vigorous root development in seedlings because the warmth encourages those roots to proliferate the surrounding starting medium more efficiently. Well-developed root systems in the early stages ultimately leads to stronger and more resilient plants once they're transplanted into the garden. So one other benefit to using a heat mat for seed starting is it helps prevent damping off. Damping off is a very common fungal disease that affects seedlings. Damping off is often triggered by cool and damp conditions, and you'll see the stem of the seedling where it meets the soil just collapse in and pinch off, which results in the death of the young seedling. They just sort of topple over like their little legs have been chopped off. Using a heat mat can prevent damping off by creating an environment that is less conducive to that fungal growth. Now, of course, we don't want to keep our seedlings on the heat mat for too long after they've sprouted or it can become too warm at the root zone. So after the seedlings have emerged, the ambient air temperature in their growing environment actually becomes more critical than the soil temperature. And the seedlings should be removed from the heat mat relatively quickly, typically within a few days to a week. 
they should all be germinating at around the same rate. So by the time about 75% of them have popped up out of the soil, it's time to move them off the mat. This is best done gradually if you can to avoid shock and allow some heat retention to help the remaining seeds sprout. You can either gradually reduce the temperature setting on the heat mat over the course of a couple of days or just move the seedlings to a slightly cooler location nearby. Moving the seedlings off the heat mat usually cools the soil pretty quickly though, so I like to turn down the thermostat. But sometimes I need that mat right away to start another set of seeds and I have no choice but to move it immediately. Now, there are a couple of tricks that you can use if you don't want to invest in a heat mat. The one I've used before is once you've got your seeds planted, you're going to need to water in the seeds or you'll need to moisten that seed started medium before you start planting. To do that, use water that is heated to about 100 degrees Fahrenheit for that initial watering and then immediately cover the seed tray with plastic wrap or a tray lid to trap in that heat. This initial burst of heat will help speed up the germ. And then keeping your seed tray in an area with ambient air temperatures of around 70 Fahrenheit or above will also help this process. Another option is to put the seedling trays somewhere where it's just naturally warmer in your house. If you've got a refrigerator that stays warm up top, put them up there. If you have a sunroom that gets really warm during the day, put them in there. Now, if that area cools down at night, cover the seedlings in the evening to trap that heat in once the sun starts to go down to help maintain that warmer soil temperature. I've seen people use heating pads like what we use for like our own aches and pains, but I would caution against this. Number one, you have no way to know just how hot that thing gets and it may be too warm for seed starting. And number two, most of those have automatic shutoffs, which means you'll have to keep coming back to turn it back on again. And also if your seedlings are leaking water from the bottom, it could be a fire hazard. Seedling heat mats are water resistant and they're meant to be used with seedlings where your heat mat for your back yeah, it might be questionable. So safety first, please. For over three years, we have seen pandemic-driven cost increases from seed suppliers due to seed shortages, crazy freight costs, and high inflation. But finally, things are normalizing, and True Leaf Market has just been able to lower their prices across the board. Hundreds of varieties are now priced 10 to 15% lower than they were last year, while other varieties are 30 to 50% lower. I just got my most recent order of Champion Radishes, Danvers Carrots, and Georgia Southern Collards. You can get your own lower-priced seeds and get free shipping on orders over $75 while supporting this podcast by going to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com slash seeds to place your order from True Leaf Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so what about lights? 
As soon as those seedlings start to sprout, they're going to need light. The type of light that you choose should be based on what you're growing, how long you're growing it for, and of course, your budget. Different stages of growth require different spectrums of light. This is called the color temperature. We're mainly concerned about the early growth stages for seed starting, but it's worth reviewing all of them just so we know what to look for. Light is electromagnetic energy measured in wavelengths, and this includes infrared radiation and ultraviolet rays. What we're concerned with is visible light, and the color of this light varies, ranging from blue and green to yellow and red. Plants primarily absorb red and blue light for photosynthesis. The color temperature of a light source, like a light bulb, is measured in Kelvin. The Kelvin scale ranges from 1000, which is the warm or red end, to 10,000, which is the cool or blue end. Different colors affect plant growth in different ways. Blue light is needed for vegetative growth. Red light promotes flowering and fruit production. Now, light bulbs often sit on one end of the spectrum or the other, but some lights are full spectrum, emitting light across the entire range. For seedlings, clones, or any plant in its vegetative stage, we want to aim for a range of 5,000 to 7,500 Kelvin. This is generally referred to as a daylight bulb flowering and fruiting stage, you might consider a color temperature in the red range, 3,500 to 4,500 Kelvin. This promotes flowering and fruiting. Now, this is generally only a consideration when we intend to grow plants indoors for extended periods of time. These would be considered cool light bulbs. So does this mean you need to run out and get grow lights specifically? Not at all. There are plenty of lights available right off the shelf at the hardware store that meet our needs without breaking the bank. Fluorescent tubes have long been a popular choice for indoor seed starting, and this is because they're affordable and they are effective. So they come in two main types that are typically used for seed starting. We're talking T5s and T8s. T5 bulbs are more energy efficient and they produce a brighter light, which makes them ideal for seedlings. They are also the smaller of the two, and they're usually used in like large office buildings and warehouses. T8 bulbs are slightly less efficient, but they still provide plenty of good light for starting seeds, and they are often the most common ones that we find. There are also T12 bulbs, but those are like the old school fluorescents that many of us grew up with blinking overhead in our classrooms, and those are being phased out. And there are T2 fluorescent bulbs. These are tubes that are only about a quarter inch in diameter. This is the size that's often used for those compact fluorescent light bulbs, the ones that kind of twist around themselves that are configured to sit into like a standard light fixture or a lamp. But there are also straight T2 tubes, and those are usually used for like tabletop lamps, you know, things that you would use for like crafting or sewing. But there's no reason you couldn't use a T2 if it's in the right color temperature. Now, fluorescents do tend to put off a little bit of a heat, not as much as the T12s used to, but still some, which 
can either be a help if you're starting seeds in a cool area or could actually prove to dry out your seedlings a little more quickly in the early stages when we're trying to keep those lights really close to the seedlings. So the pros to using fluorescence is they do have an affordable initial cost. They are widely available and they are a good light spectrum for seedling growth. The cons to them are those bulbs need to be replaced periodically. They are not as energy efficient as LED lights and the bulbs are going to degrade over time, which is going to reduce the light output. Um, ask me how I know. I have a plenty of fluorescent lights in my seedling room right now that need to be replaced because they are just kind of dim. Now, I closed second behind fluorescent lights, and the one that I actually prefer now is LED lights. Light-emitting diode lights have gained popularity for seeds starting in recent years, mostly because they are very energy efficient. So they may have a higher initial cost compared to fluorescent lights, but they are more energy efficient and they have a much longer lifespan. I have been slowly switching all of my lights over to LED and there are plenty of very, very affordable options out there now. I just saw some 24-inch LED shop lights selling for 10 Dollars, And they would be perfect for an indoor seed starting setup and they will last you for years. Now, the pros to the LEDs, energy efficiency, long lifespan, which is going to reduce the need for having to frequently replace them like the fluorescents, and they have a low heat output. So this is going to minimize the risk of heat damage to those seedlings. Cons to this, yes, they are a higher initial cost compared to fluorescents, but those prices are rapidly coming down. Some models may have a limited coverage area, so it might require you to have multiple fixtures for a larger seed starting setup, or just make sure that you have fixtures that have reflectors attached to them to sort of spread that light out. And then, of course, just like anything else, the quality on the LED lights is going to vary you know, based on the brand. So you might want to do a little bit of research and just make sure that you're getting a reliable product. The LED option that I've chosen are four foot shop lights. Most of them have a reflector, but the ones I got super cheap don't have reflectors. And that's okay because they were so cheap that it was very economical to just add one more light to each shelf instead of using a reflector. And I will say that the LEDs are much brighter than my fluorescents were, even when they were brand new. And like I said, the rest of those fluorescents are in desperate need of being replaced this year. Now, what I've been referring to is basically shop lights, but of course, both the fluorescent and the LED options are available specifically as grow lights as well. When they are marketed as grow lights, they typically have a more narrow Kelvin spectrum or they are marketed as broad spectrum to cover all plant requirements. So LEDs, actually, a lot of them now have customizable spectrum options if you want to be very, very specific. Of course, they also often come with a much larger price tag just because they say they are grow lights. <laughs> and most of these lights that are specifically grow lights are intended for a much longer longer time frame of use in terms of the plant growth, or they're intended to be switched out at various stages of plant growth. So none of this is necessary for simple indoor seed starting. Just be sure whatever option you choose is rated at 5,000 Kelvin or above for that vegetative growth, and you'll be just fine. 
You can also find very small grow lights online that are meant as additional lighting for indoor plants, but these can totally work for a small seed starting area too. These are often little clip-on lights or lights that fan out in multiple directions that stand on a tabletop. If you're only starting a handful of seeds, Put those trays near a sunny window and simply add one of these little inexpensive grow lights and your seedlings will have enough light to get them through until they're ready to move outside. Now, there are also ready-made systems for starting your seedlings indoors that have the lights built in and generally have some sort of adjustable shelf to be able to raise and lower the plants or a pulley system to raise and lower the lights. There are single and multi-tier systems designed to sit on a table. Um, These are specifically for like small-scale indoor gardening, which make them perfect for home gardeners that have limited space or are only starting seeds on a smaller scale. These compact units typically combine LED or fluorescent bulbs with a reflective hood, and that's going to maximize the light efficiency. There are also much larger modular systems that are fully customizable. Even AeroGarden has a seed-starting version of their system that is completely hydroponic and self-contained and designed to help you start seedlings for the outdoor garden. If you want to get fancy, there are always options to get fancy. But do not get sucked into thinking that any of this is absolutely necessary. When it comes to indoor seed starting, deciding whether to use a heat mat and choosing the right grow lights can be crucial for ensuring healthy and vigorous seedlings, but it doesn't need to be difficult or expensive. Consider your budget, your space constraints, and your specific gardening needs, and you will be well on your way to some successful seed starting. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic and to find all the ways you can get in touch with me or support the show, go to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning and keep growing.